This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Society can be a really tough place and especially in the formative years of being a young adult, if you don't have a space where you can grow and acknowledge that you belong, you can be who you are, you are powerful, you are incredible, you do have something to contribute and you can add value, where else do you do that? It allows you to take a breath and to breathe. You know, it gives you gives you a space to stand. It was an opportunity to put together a resource where we could lay the challenge down at the feet of school leaders to make a positive difference for Takatapu youth. In our heart of hearts, we all long to belong. But for some of our young people, particularly our LGBTQIA plus and Māori youth, belonging and inclusion is not made easy. How can you work out who you are and where you want to be in the world when your school community acts like you're invisible and your gender identity doesn't connect to your cultural identity? In part one of today's discussion, my guest Lex Davis and I talk about intersectionality or the complexity of having multiple identity labels and how we can avoid feeling cut into increasingly smaller slices. We'll discuss one approach that's helping young people navigate this space. In part two of this two-part discussion with Lex, we'll talk about the work that Lex does in schools and his advice to teachers wanting to better support their LGBTQIA plus students. Kia ora, I'm Dr Denise Quinlan and this season of Bringing Wellbeing to Life is all about collective resilience. I'm talking with change makers who are helping others and making the world around them more resilient. My guest today is Lex Davis, Napui and Takatapui. For those of you outside Aotearoa New Zealand, that means Lex is from the Napui Iwi or tribe and we'll talk much more about takatapui, a traditional Māori term for same-sex relationships. We use a lot of te reo Māori or Māori language terms, so if you're not familiar with those, there's a glossary especially for you with the full show notes at nziwr.co.nz. Lex is currently a deputy principal at Ormiston College. Back in 2021, with support from Core Education, he and Josh Hoff facilitated an identity journey with Māori LGBTQIA plus youth. The report that documents that journey is called Kotato Tenei. This is us. It is a beautiful and powerful document and every school should have a copy. Kia ora, Lex. We're delighted to have you with us. Welcome to Bringing Wellbeing to Life. Tēnā koe e hoa, um, e te whānau whānui, tēnā koutou katoa. It's great to be Kia. here. Lex, you've been working to enable and amplify Māori and LGBTQIA plus voices through your equity and wellbeing work for a long time. At the heart of Kotato Tane, This Is Us, sits the identity of Takatapui. Can you tell us about that? Takatapui is, is a Māori way of, of being um, and usually includes uh, diverse gender or sexualities. Um, it's a beautiful term. It's an Indigenous term. And it's one that I'm very proud to, to attach to myself. 
When did you first hear the expression takatapui used? Oh, first hearing it, I guess, might have been in the early 2000s when the Gay Games came to New Zealand. They always have um, a conference that follows follows the, the sporting and social events. And there was a pretty incredible gathering of people from the Rainbow community from across the Pacific, um, and especially for our members of the Pacific Islands. And there was a symposium about Pacific identities. And, you know, rock along, comfortable being, uh, you know, um, being Māori and comfortable being, you know, like a, a gay, gay male. And they talked about their identities as it related to their specific cultural contexts, whether it be, you know, Samoa, the Cook Islands, Tonga. And that was really opened my eyes um, because up until that point, I guess, I would just overlay the, you know, the, the Western perceptions, the LGBTQIA+. You know, just yeah. over the, overlay that on top of a group. And it just doesn't fit. It didn't fit. And they challenged that. And it was it was um, challenging to hear. I was like, oh, okay. But it, it made sense, you know. It was, so, so you're saying that, that, it, that before that it was kind of like you were Māori and that meant being Māori in the Māori world, but being gay was something like you were in a Pākehā sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In it, the, yeah. Even though, even though they, it was like a, it was like a, like an addition. It was, uh, it, w- it wasn't like subtractive. And and they, for me, they sat well, but not knowing, not knowing. Um, and that's because I, I just didn't know, didn't know my history. And that's part of that decolonization process. Um, in that learning and knowing process, in the valuing of of Mātauranga Māori and and that was the first time that I heard the term takatāpui but actually digging into it and coming to terms with it was probably as I made relationships and spent more time with with Māori who were who had already started it was Almost, it's almost a it's a political journey, you know. Um, it's a choice to say, "Hey, I want to identify as Takatapui," and that is not exclusive of cultural or or other gender or sexuality constructs, but it combines them in ways that is particular to that, and that's the special thing that it's not it's not a doesn't have the pedigree of, you know, the 19th century psychology and, um, you know, coming over from Europe. and But it doesn't doesn't reject it, you know. It just um, helps me to, to take all of that wider learning and go, well, actually, that's, that's interesting and that is true in some contexts, but actually in a New Zealand context, it grounds me. Because it grounds me and centers me within, within I think, a wider cultural identity, um, but also it centers me within Fano Iwi Hapu. It centers me within those um, 
cultural familial groups and groups of belonging, but it also gives me a whakapapa, a history, and connects me to to my past in a way that um, using other terms can't, because you know pre pre colonization, pre 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 scientific psychological knowledge. Yeah, it, we were known as and we were valued as 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 takatapui. In one evolution of the term, it was just someone who was intimate, but not necessarily you know sexually intimate. In in I think in its current evolution and in the way I choose to use it, and many of my colleagues and friends do as well, is that it does carve a space in. New Zealand and Aotearoa society and in Māori society for people who identify differently on the sexuality and gender spectrum. It really holds a space. And I think that's the inherently activist and political and really empowering. It's great to have a space to belong to. This is eye-opening for me in that I I guess the images that are floating in my head when you're talking are how... um, how we cut people into so many pieces. And if your Samoan identity is over here, but your um, gender identity is from somewhere else, where do you get to be a whole person? You know, and... Exactly, you know, and, and that that is dangerous because um, if I really clumsily pick another context, um, like in Samoa, whereas... You, Fafafine is a much more recognised and culturally claimed identity rather than, you know, if you're identifying as gay. You know, yeah. you, to identify as gay puts you at risk of more violence than it does to identify as um, something that is, is located within a culture. Um, so it, it can be really important. And I like the analogy of the cake because sometimes I'm just sick of cutting it into smaller and smaller pieces. And I, just, and I guess it demands of us in some ways when you do that to separate that from other parts because, no, I don't want to separate um, who I want to love from a culture that I am. You know, it doesn't make sense. Um, and why are we placing ourselves in, in that position when if we look, we don't need to? How do rangatahi Māori, young Māori, respond to the identity of takatāpui? They go through that same process that I did. It's just like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. A, that's really, really cool that um, that's new learning and it, it allows me to, to knit things together rather than to cons- you know, constantly pull things apart. But, yeah, man, the sense of whakawhanaungatanga that came as part of that and that connection is just... It's like, oh, it allows you to take a breath and to breathe. You know, it gives you gives you a space to stand um, because that's really hard in, in what we can perceive to be quite a gendered space in Te Ao Māori. It's not just a matter of knocking the two ideas together. You've actually, there's, there's a whole new space in the middle of that. Um, and I guess... That's what takatapui is for me in terms of identities. And I really, I really like that notion of, you know, 
being able to breathe out and be all of you in a space, you know. And Lex, tell me about, um, you know, your your journey. Well, for me, it was easier to be gay than Māori, which is um, which is the that, that's thing. telling. Yeah, yeah, uh, and but I guess. One of the things that was noted by one of the researchers from the, the, the Youth 2000, the latest one, the Youth 19, is that um, having a strong identity in one of those spheres supported the other, and that um, that was in kind of additive and, and protective. And because, like we were dis- discussing earlier, you know, you, you're forced into a position of 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 challenge and formation and and understanding and searching. Um, so I don't know. If there were societal barriers, and the societal barriers were homophobia and racism, um, but there were also personal barriers. And that, um, what what was I really? What did I have? The, um, the support with um, what was I ready for? In in my personal case, I was, you know, I was ready to come out before I was, you know, always identified as Māori, but that was pretty shallow, and I didn't have. There's no depth to that, and that process of dis- discovery um, of my Māori tanga in, in Maria especially, uh, you know, is, is comparatively recent. But um yeah, they're they do they do help each other in that you've you've been othered and you've got to reconcile yourself with where you are at and with who you're living. And so um yeah it's interesting. And it will be different for everyone. Yeah. You know, and but, but it's that thing of who am I and whose am I are really important questions. You know, where do I belong? Who do I belong to? And I, I, I really think it's interesting what you're saying about having a secure sense of identity in any of those areas of our lives is helpful. Yeah. Because, you know, what happens when the next thing comes along? Um, as as our, our identity shifts and evolves, um, as it should, as we, you know, as we journey through, journey through lives, whether that be through place or, or time. Kotato Tene, This Is Us, is essentially the story of a group of Māori LGBTQIA plus youth. It's their identity manifesto, challenge and guide all rolled into one. Lex, tell us about this work. Well, for those of you who aren't familiar with the, the Māori or the LGBTQIA plus communities here in Aotearoa, um, often our narratives def- are defined by deficit. Um, and there's a whole host of, of social health um, education indicators that all point to, you know, that we're not having a great time of it sometimes, um, whether, that, whether that is uh, in health and wellbeing outcomes or suicidality or, you know, access to education in, in just general life outcomes. So I kind of wanted to to shift that narrative to to share the things that make us amazing. And it was really important for me as someone who is old now and not youth 
but also, you know, I'm in a real position. Looking pretty young from where I'm sitting. <laughs> well, I must be sitting under pretty good lighting. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm really privileged at the moment um, to be where I am, and I guess it was like, well, how can how can we create a space uh, yeah. so we can hear where some of our, you know, our takatapui, our Māori, LGBTQI plus youth are at. Nice. And so you got the funding, put together a project and went in, but you created some really beautiful spaces. Tell us about those. It's a bit of a combination of of the, the wonderful kind of look, design community in, in Te Ao Pākehā and the European world and how it fits in with Te Ao Māori and um, kaupapa Māori ways of working. Um, and that was intentional right from the start. So this project was a really exciting way of combining um, design thinking and literary design from Te Ao Pākehā and kaupapa Māori research methodologies um, and using all of those wonderful nurturing elements of Te Ao Māori to be the vehicle um, through which to work. Uh, so, and for people who don't know anything about liberatory design, remind no tell the people who don't know what what's at the core of liberatory design. Um, well, for me, it was my colleague Josh Huff um, in his work. He he brought back from Stanford University and a shout out to David Clifford, who um, is just an exceptional human being, um, who uses this methodology um, in, when working in spaces of particularly inequity. Um, and it's, it's a great way of gathering people's voice and sharing some really deep understandings in ways that won't re-traumatise them, which which yeah. is quite tricky when you're working with vulnerable groups of people. You set out a beautiful graphic of liberatory design, and there is notice, empathise, define, ideate, prototype, test, and reflect, and then back again to noticing. And the thing I thought, ooh, that's really interesting. But then looking at... Um, at the purpose and the intent that this is an approach that centers the margins. And I have to say, reading that, I'm like, ooh, that's really powerful, isn't it? You know, as a design methodology that brings those from the margins right in and puts them in the center. Yeah. It's, it was really humbling. Um, it's quite a, quite a vulnerable process at times yeah. because um, it requires you to be really hyper aware of your values and emotions and biases and assumptions um, mm -hmm. when you're when you're working with others um, in yeah. in their values and emotions. Um, it's it, there's a I love the humility of it and in that it's it's. You are in a space where you are facilitating that um, because a lot of the ways we work have inequity designed into them and, and it's a real conscious attempt to make sure that we don't redo that. That gives me huge hope when you say inequity has been designed into the fabric of our institutions and therefore we can choose to design it out. And that's what this is about. That's the opportunity. Yeah. yeah, and I love it. And so, you know, it sounds like this was uh, a fabulous 
journey of through kind of liberatory design anti-amari for these young people to step into who they are and and reflect on who they've been um look back and write to their former selves with fondness and tenderness mm -hmm. but you also you also produced a lot of um resources and support that any sort of school could use or any group could use going on and and one of those that i saw that i went oh that's exciting <laughs> um the collective x-shaped person tell us more about how you worked with with that and you know the whole i looked at skills stance story and strengths and and they're in this beautiful rainbow x <laughs> tell us how you what you were doing with that that's another element of the um, liberatory design kind of process and in, in workshopping. Um, and I remember when David Clifford came to TEDx here in Christchurch and he, he's quite engaging and he was physically this X-shaped person standing up on the stage. And what I like um, was it, that it was another way of acknowledging that you're a whole person. Um, yeah. And that you ground whatever you're doing in their stories, you know, their whakapapa, their genealogy, and their truth. Um, yeah. And you, you get to do that by working from a skills-based, you know, um, how you stand in the world, sharing your stories, and, and mm -hmm. you know, acknowledging and amplifying their strengths. Um, and that was really important because, like I said, I didn't want to to define who we are in our existence as takatāpui um, from a deficit kind of narrative. And working with youth, sometimes they're, they're not forthcoming and, and or they haven't had a space or a chance to sit and acknowledge, acknowledge just how incredible and amazing they are. Um, so we, we got to do that. Um, yeah. How good is that? You get to work and help people acknowledge how incredible they are to have a space for people to step into and and i think to be the collective mirror around them so that they can tell their story but see their strengths and name them and i think sometimes when we're growing up we get to name our strengths and our skills for the first time mm. and that is identity forming and rather than having people who know very little about us in places, throwing labels at us in unhelpful ways, to be able to have a process that allows people to stand into that in a loving, respectful and supportive way is huge. Especially uh, when there are limited experiences or times where they've had to do that, uh, because so often society throws this opposite at you, um, just in everyone's general life, you know, society can be a really tough place, and, and especially in the formative years of, of being a young adult, um, if you don't have a space where you can, you can grow and acknowledge that you are, you belong, you can be who you are, you you are powerful. You are incredible. You do have something to contribute, and and you can add value. You know, um, 
where else do you do that? Uh, yeah, but for what I'm, what I've, one of the things I find, and one of the things I find so exciting about this work you've done is that that with these fabulous young people, you didn't just help them do it for themselves, but you were absolutely gorgeous. Um, rangatahi takatapui X-shaped akonga. This this um, takatapui student um, is there for all other students who who might be on this journey to to have their shared expression and purpose. And they've set out for them. Um, if you were a fully realized. Um, Takatapui identity. What are some of the things you want to have? And they've 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 set out there some of the skills and strengths. Was that a really lovely thing to to watch emerging? Ah, oh, absolutely. It's quite humbling, um, and you know, I I still get a shiver of of emotion just talking about it. To see the, the, the list, I mean, it, it, does, it does the same for me. So the skills they want for young people who are exploring gender, sexuality and, and ethnicity, they want skills of leadership, connecting with others, sharing my story without being judged by myself and others, achieving the goals I set in my life. And, and I'm, I'm looking at them going, these are really important skills for all of us, aren't they? Yeah. But, but wow, you know, to, to put that out there as their flag saying, this is what we want for us. Um, and then the strengths and the strengths they believe that, um, that you know, young um, Takatapui youth want to have for, want, believe are going to be important for them, self-love and self-acceptance, courage and self-confidence to always say, keep going to be able to express my mind, to be able to make a friend wherever I am, to bring out the best in others wherever I am, to be a risk taker, to be optimistic, compassionate, altruistic and curious. It's just the most beautiful manifesto. And what, what you might not notice, um, Denise, is that we didn't cherry pick it, it that they are so optimistic and so ready to face the world with yeah. with courage and with positivity um, and that wasn't wasn't kind of forced or wasn't contrived um it yeah. just so happened that this group did not although they have stories of marginalization and and hurt um and rejection they chose to to put that to the side, and that's what they see, and that's what they want for themselves and for others. Which, yeah, which, which was it's, just it's so powerful, powerful and optimistic, as you say. And I love putting putting things in a place like under story. They've said they want to be able to give this part of my life justice and describe it with happiness. To tell the people I've met about my story and thank them for being a part of it to be proud of who I am and where I come from and to be able to come together as far now. These are fabulous aspirations, mm. you know? Um, and again, the, then understands to value people's individuality and what makes a personality, not their appearance. Kindness to others, don't be racist, homophobic, transphobic or sexist, and, um, and to spread love. <laughs> no. Uh, 
I just, I just think um, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful resource that I would love a lot of young people to be able to see. Um, one of the, if you can carry it on reading and through to the next section, um, we we collected their stories, their pudako, um, and we gave them a chance to to tell a bit of their story. And we did that in a really safe way where we, we co-constructed an identity. They chose their name. They chose what they wanted to look like, what they wore, whether they had a side ponytail or, you know, what colour their hair was. Yeah. Once they'd chosen their kind of their research identity, we paired them up with some with some themes that just seem to float to the top in what we feel that they exemplified um, because those themes are, are beautiful. You know, it's um, yeah. the theme of connection, connection and relationship or whakawhanaungatanga of tuakiritanga, which is their, their identities, papa, which family and strong relationships, tanga, which is living in a Māori LGBTQIA plus world and which is your leadership and your self-determination. And, man, they they just exemplify all of all of those qualities to a T. And you can read some of the, you know, the, the quotes and the, and the deep thinking. Um, yeah. And to, as part of the Kaupapa Māori research methodology, kind of, we... We, you need to give whatever you take back. Um, and we had a beautiful hui with their whanau, um, with people who had been with us on our journey, um, where we got to give them this back. It was, it was so moving. And there was such a sense of accomplish, accomplishment yeah. and pride. Um, how often do you get to see yourself reflected back and shared with others as as people of strength and mana and and with your whole oh, it was um um it's was this is amazing. transformative work. This is transformative work. Yeah, it, it really was. But but Lex, it's just it's just beautiful at so many levels. You know, there's the work that these young people got to do on their journey for themselves. Um to to share that back with their with their families, but also to make something that they can that that is now in the hands of anyone around the country to use to support students like them. You know, they've given a gift to other people as well, haven't they? Yeah, and that gift comes as a challenge. Um, there's a real whittle there, and they were very adamant that. Um, they are, they're very loving, but they are agents of change. Uh, and when we created the um, the Pudako, we came up with sets of provocations or whakapā taritari. And we, you'll see that they've been collected um, from each, each of them. And there's a really good set of challenging questions that you can consider because we wanted them to see that they can make change um, for others. And because, yeah, yeah. you know, schools are so important in, in their lives and in, in my life, 
It was an opportunity to to put together a resource where we could we could lay the challenge down at the feet of school leaders um, to make a positive difference for Takatapu youth. And and you've done that in a really beautiful way. You know, like there there is your your really beautiful table on transforming relationships with Rangatahi Takatapui. Um, has has got pathways for people to to think about for for young people for teachers for schools to think about what's the bottom line for where your relationships need to be and you know for rangatahi that's how can we make them safe are you a bystander what kind of protection have you got in place as a school and you call that level sympathetic and then it's how do we move up to understanding allyship and safe spaces and that's empathetic, but I love that you go, yeah, nice, but not really where we're going. And then looking at what's the transformative piece with leadership for young people, with partnership with teachers, and with really inclusive, inclusive policy and organizational structure. And I just find that really exciting. You've got, you know, a real, you, you've set out, it's a, challenge but it's also a supportive guide and map isn't it yeah i mean at at the same time you need to meet people where they are and find yep. a, a common ground and a common understanding but you also need to say hey i'm great you're here but really no better do better we can you know and that's yeah. the idea of the potama of that stairway is that yeah like Great, where you're at, but keep on moving, keep on trying, keep on building. Lex, we've talked elsewhere about the heavy lifting or of finding the common ground and creating safe spaces for Takatapui and for all LGBTQIA plus youth. Do you think that we place an unfair burden on our Takatapui youth to do this? That heavy lifting has to be shared. Yeah. I was talking with some young gay men and a young uh, trans woman last night. And they were commenting on the fact that they have their day job, but because they are passionate people and willing to share their learning with others, they've also picked up jobs in educating their respective workplaces about who they are and, and, and how they can be better. And, and it's the same with Te Ao Māori is there's a cultural tax um, that not only are you are you Maori, that things all things Maori come to you as a team, particularly as a suddenly you're also free labour. Yes, and whenever someone says the word yeah. gay or Maori, the all eyes look to you. So that you really need to share that heavy lifting. Coming back to you know um, the the panel and the ascending staircase of helping people move from. Um, where they are, you know, from protection, safety, bystander, how do we move up to allyship, understanding and safe spaces? And what does that mean? Mm. Um, and, and, and I love, I love, you know, we, we come back to the thing of, and when you know better, do better. Um, you know, and I've been thinking about allyship and how useful a concept do you think it is? Because, on one hand, I think it's really useful and we can extend it beyond LBGTQIA plus to ethnicity and other issues. But um, I love 
I love that your document is saying, actually, no, we can go, it's a stage, but, but actually we can move beyond to partnership. Coming to a conclusion, because otherwise we could keep going for a day, I know. Um, what's one thing you would like people to do that would make it easier for everyone to belong and feel included? Magic wand time. If there was one change that you would ask people to make. Uh, just make space for, for one another. Um, nice. Because... Those people who are holders of space, you need to give some away. And giving things away is, is hard. But um, what comes back uh, will be amazing and inspiring and will grow you. Yeah. Make room for one another. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you. It is a complete delight, as ever, to spend time with you, Lex. And before we finish, I just want to say that um, if if the issues that we're talking about affect you or people you care about, we're going to provide links for support and more information and we'll post those with the episode notes um, or you can or, you know, Google any of these links because we do want people to have access to support. Thank you very much, Lex, for being with me today. Oh, my pleasure. Kia ora, Denise. You've been listening to Bringing Wellbeing to Life on ORFM Dunedin. To learn more about how you can build wellbeing and resilience for your team, go to nziwr.co.nz. Thanks for listening today. If you've enjoyed the show, please rate the podcast to help others who might enjoy it find it more easily. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.